This is Answers for Life with pastor and Bible teacher Sarah Gardner. Join Pastor Sarah as she opens God's Word to help you learn to live an abundant life of faith. We want to equip you with discipleship tools for everyday life. Now, here's Pastor Sarah with today's message, Courageous Faith Takes Action. Welcome to Answer for Life once again. I'm delightful to come to you and teach you the Word of God that set me free. I was so bad before. I was always depressed. I was always sick, poor, and God changed me upside down for the better. And I want you to benefit by the gospel, by the good news that you're hearing week after week coming from me because I have experienced God and I want you to see the reality of this gospel that brought good news to me and it brings good news to you. So stay tuned and enjoy this teaching. We're still continuing on the courageous faith takes action. Courageous faith takes action. You see, talk, it's, uh, it's, we say talk is cheap, but actions speak louder than words. Well, God says the same thing. He wants us to initiate that courageous faith that takes action. So let's go. Last week we talked about from Acts 3, the book of Acts, chapter 3, and we talked about the courageous faith that Peter exercised to heal the man that was was born crippled, and God healed him because Peter initiated the power of God to come on the scene. And when initiate, when we initiate, and we have that courageous faith, the power of God comes on the scene. So now let's look another account from Matthew fourteen fifteen. Let's read it together. So, now, the people were following Jesus, and they were so anxious to hear from Jesus and to be with Jesus that they had been following Jesus for a long time, a couple of days. And the apostles, they were concerned about the people. And let's read it, and we'll see what the Word has to say. When it was evening, his disciples came to him, Jesus came to Jesus saying, this is a, is a desert, a desert place, and the hour is already late. Send the multitude away. So the disciple wanted to kind of advise Jesus what to do. <laughs> that they may go into the villages and buy themselves food. See, they were concerned that these people, something was going to happen. They were going to uh, stop fainting because they had not eaten for a while. But Jesus said, this is where I want you, I want you to see this. The disciples were concerned. They went to Jesus. Let's do something about here. 
But Jesus said to them, to the disciples, they do not need to go away, for you give them something to eat. He said, they don't need to go away. Go ahead, give them something to eat. <laughs> and they said to him, we have here only five loaves uh, and two fishes. He said, bring them here. He said, bring those five loaves of bread and the two fishes to me. Jesus told the disciples, bring the two fishes and the five loaves to me. Then he commanded the, the multitudes to sit down on the grass and he took the five loaves and the two fishes looked up to heaven. Listen to what Jesus did. Looked up to heaven. He blessed and broke and gave the loaves to the disciples. He gave the loaves to the disciples, and the disciples gave to the to the multitudes. Now, when you read here, you really don't get it what really took place. When I read this few times, when I start reading the the Word of God, I thought Jesus took the five uh, loaves of bread. He he asked God to multiply, and he made a big pile, and then the disciples came and got bread, and, and he made another big pile of, uh, of fishes, and the disciples came and got the fishes and gave it to the people. But no, the food multiplied it into the ends of the disciples. If the disciples would have resisted Jesus and said, well, how are you going to do this? No, you're going to embarrass yourself and you're going to embarrass us. If the disciples would have put up a fuss, I don't know that this miracle would have, would have happened. But the disciples, they were obedient to what Jesus told them to do. He said, Bring the bread to me. Bring the fishes to me. And Jesus, he could perform this miracle. The, the, Jesus, he prayed. The disciple cooperated with Jesus. And while they were taking the fishes and the bread to the people, they multiplied in their hands. Jesus didn't make a big pile like I thought. He didn't make a big pile of fish like I thought. The, the fishes multiplied in the disciples' hands. And if we read on, if we read on, now these who had eaten were about the, the 5,000 men besides women and children. Can you imagine can you imagine that five loaves and two fishes fed 5,000 men besides the women and children? So if you count the women and children, we're talking about over 10,000. But what's 10,000 to God? I mean, we read these things and we say, we see, wow, what a miracle God did it. 
Well, do you know that I understood these miracles that Jesus did? And when the more I matured in the Lord, the more I could believe that I could do the same thing. I did not feed 10,000 people, but this is what I did on a smaller scale. So my children, let me tell you my story. My children were going to all Roberts uh, College, and they were, all three of them were going there. And so they decided for Thanksgiving for me to go there because a lady friend of theirs was going to go away for Thanksgiving to her family and gave them the house for them to stay. And so my kids called me and said, instead of us flying to Michigan and have Thanksgiving with you, you fly here and have Thanksgiving with us. So I did. I flew there. We bought a turkey. We were staying all in the same same home. And uh, and so I cooked a big, nice meal for all three of, the, of us, all four of us. And so I had no idea that my children surprised me and said to me, we have about 15 uh, friends of ours that they didn't go home and uh, can they come here? I said, well, I think that we can. But they only asked 15 of their friends to come. Well, those 15 people, 15 kids, must have told other kids. So, at first, we had the first 15. Then we started to see other kids coming. And when I saw other kids coming, I went in the kitchen and said, God, you did it for Jesus. You multiplied the bread for Jesus and the two fishes for Jesus. And I'm your daughter. And I want to, I want to feed these kids that come. So, Multiply this turkey. Multiply whatever I have left. And do you know that God took me in my word? This is why I'm so radical. I'm so fully persuaded that if we exercise what we read in the Bible, that God wants to do the same works that Jesus did when he was walking the earth. I did not feed, like I said, I did not feed 15,000 people or 10,000 or 5,000. But that day, one turkey that's supposed to feed us four and the 15 kids, one big turkey, fed 50 kids. I'm talking about big kids that you know and I know that the kids, the young, young, and they eat a lot. And so, but God multiplied that food for us. And, you know, my children were helping me do this and feed them. We were so distracted by being so delightful to, to feed those, those uh, young men, not children, young men. And we were so distracted and, and 
blessing those uh, those kids that I didn't think about what was happening. God took me serious of what I said, and He multiplied the food, and we had some left over. And the same thing over here. They not only fed their many people, but they had left over. Do you see that's the same gospel? The same things that God did through Jesus, we can do also. If we have the faith, if we take that action, that courageous faith that takes action, I took action. I went in that kitchen and I asked God, these are your, your young men that go to the college and bless them, multiply the bread, and God did it. Just like God answered Jesus' prayer when he looked up, God did it for Jesus, God did it for me. And we fed 50 young men that day. After the whole thing was over, my children, they were so amazed. You know, I was so delightful that I saw the miracle that day, what God did it, that we had even left over. But I was more happy that my children could see that miracle because to me this is so important that my kids remember the power of God in reality what I have received my children saw the reality of what I have received and you know when they talk with their friends God gets glorified I say all the times, my father, I want to be the light. I want to be the light of, of those that I come in contact so that they see my good deeds and glorify the father which is in heaven. And so this is what's all about, that we take the word serious and we we've exercise their courageous faith and take action. Faith without action is dead. The book of James says that faith without works is dead. Actually, faith without action. Yes, one time the Bible calls it action, another time it calls it work, but really it's the action that we have to initiate for the Holy Spirit to come in and do what He wants to do but he's waiting on us. I said all the time, I talked about that miracle that I sat in a chair and God released the power of God in that chair that that man encountered God in that chair. Had I not sat in that chair, the Holy Spirit wouldn't sit in that chair. If you and I don't go lay hands on the people the Holy Spirit does not lay hands on the people. See, He uses our hands. I always say that we are the glove. The Holy Spirit is the real thing. And so He uses our hands. Because if we don't give our hands, He has nothing to use. 
He's going to do miracles through you and me. He's not going to do it alone. Once in a great while, God does things on his own. I don't know who prayed for me when he did it on me that when I received Jesus Christ in my heart, he healed me of three major miracles. So for my, as far as I know, I am not prayed for miracle. I just asked Jesus to come into my heart. You see, he initiated, God initiated to show me the supernatural, the power of God. And once I saw the power of God in action, that he healed me, he got my attention. And God wants to do the same with us. Because when we pray for other people and they receive healing, they receive a miracle, we get their attention. You notice that when the apostles, Jesus sent them, he said, tell the people wherever you go, the kingdom of God has come near you, and then heal them. Jesus was not expecting that the people of the world were going to have the faith. He had put his faith and his power, his authority, inside the disciples and on them. And so it had nothing to do if the people had faith or not. So let's uh, let's kill their mentality that if people don't have the faith, they, they cannot receive. No, we, the elders, the believers, should have this faith, active faith, and take action and take that initiative and tell the people, do you want to you wanna be healed? The kingdom of God has come near you. It's here. I want to demonstrate the kingdom of God. And so, and then demonstrate and go ahead and pray for the people. In my case, I always waited for my, for my Holy Spirit to tell me, go do this and go touch this. One time I uh, was asked to go and teach in uh, Women's of Glow. I don't know if there still exist the Women's of Glow, but I was asked to go and teach in the Women's of Glow. And so when I got there, the person in charge said to me, I was asked to go an hour before. And so, and she said to me, well, we always pray one hour before the service starts. And so I joined all of them, about 15 of them. We sat down and we formed a circle and we were praying for the service. And while we were praying, everybody had their eyes closed. The Holy Spirit told me, he said, you go across, across the circle and touch the person's feet. There was a lady right across. And I did not want to interrupt the circle. I didn't want to make no noise, not to disrupt the the people that were praying. So I crawled this way because everybody had their eyes closed, would concentrate praying. And so I, I crawled on my knees and I went across and I touched the lady's feet. I had no idea 
that she had been suffering from pain for years on her feet. But God, just like he was tired of seeing that the, the lady that was, uh, was suffering with the, in the Bible and told God, God told Jesus, heal her. She's been 18 years like this, suffering like that. And Jesus healed her. You see, the same thing happened to me that God told me, go touch her feet. He didn't even say pray for her. He just, just said touch her feet. And then at first I didn't understand. I obeyed. I touched her feet and she was instantly healed. No more pain. Later, after we finished praying, she testified. Somebody touched my feet while we were praying and I'm completely healed. I don't have to wear these things that I'm wearing. And so she threw away those things that she was wearing. You see, this is the way I came to re recognize the reality that God wants us to take action. Well, so before, I was waiting always for the Holy Spirit to tell me. But later, as I learned more, now I take initiative. I initiate when I see somebody that needs, and I see it. I have a discernment to see if people are ready to receive, or if they turn me down, that's okay too. They, Jesus says, if they don't receive you, they don't receive me. I don't take it personally if people don't want me to pray for them. I was in Michigan this past summer, and I was in the park walking, and I saw a lady come in a wheelchair. She was in the wheelchair, and uh, she was going around and around. And so I went. I had such compassion. I went, and I told the lady, I said, do you want to come out of that wheelchair? I can pray with you. And she said, no. I was prayed before, and nothing happened. So you see, she was disappointed that nothing happened before and she didn't want me to pray for her. So I was turned down. I didn't take personally. I recognized that she was disappointed. Somebody prayed for her before and nothing happened and she didn't want me to pray for her. That's a, that's something that we need to condition our mind that if people don't want it, Jesus said, just move on. And so this is what faith is all about. We need to recognize that when we take that action, in that action that we take, that's when the Holy Spirit gets activated and does the miracle. Like I said before, last week we talked about the miracle that Peter did. We talked about the miracle that happened to me when I, I sat down in that chair and I asked the Holy Spirit to put his power in that chair. And you see, when people hear that story, they think that I had power, but it was not my power. It was the Holy Spirit that resides in me and it resides in you and every believer. It's just that every believer has now learned to activate the Holy Spirit. And my teaching... To you, he's to 
for you to learn to activate the Holy Spirit. And maybe you're going to miss it sometime. That's okay if you miss it. But the more you do, the easier it will get to trust the Holy Spirit is going to come through for you. Well, I hope you enjoyed this, this teaching. I'm enjoying coming to you week after week, teaching you, teaching whosoever wants to believe and whosoever wants to try this kind of teaching that they're very scarce these days, the reality of this Bible, the good news that Jesus came to give us. And now we have to pass it on this good news to others because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the same way he was real when he walked the earth himself, now his spirit lives in us. He wants to exercise the same faith through us and heal people and help people, not just in healing, but in everything else that we do. We talked about many things and we will talk about many things in the future because I, I'm encouraging you to stay tuned with this courageous faith that takes action. You will learn. At first you're going to feel like, oh, I never heard this before. But that's okay. Stay tuned. And the more you hear, the more it's going to be natural, supernatural for you to hear more and more. So stay tuned until I come back again. And we're going to learn a few more things next time. Stay tuned and be blessed big. My prayer for you that you would be so blessed that the Holy Spirit would be so real to you like it is real to me. He's been real to me. My children would say to me, Mom, you're not spooky. You come across natural, supernatural. But that's the way Jesus was. He came across natural, supernatural. There's nothing spooky about it. It's the way of life. For every believer, it should be a way of life to believe the supernatural. All right. I'll see you next week and be blessed big. Bye now. This has been another edition of Answers for Life with pastor and Bible teacher Sarah Gardner. Every time you join Pastor Sarah, she opens God's Word to help you learn to live an abundant life of faith. Sarah's heart is to provide discipleship tools for your everyday life. We know that today's podcast encouraged your life. Would you be willing to help us spread the word about Answers for Life? One of the best ways to do this is to follow us on Spotify, like and subscribe on iTunes, and make sure to leave a five-star review for Answers for Life on iTunes. Well, that's all the time we have. Come back again for another edition of Answers for Life.